Welcome to Private Equity Perspectives, a podcast by BDO USA's private equity practice. Each episode, BDO connects with leaders in the private equity space to discuss the latest trends driving deal activity, fund strategies, and portfolio company optimization. Good morning. This is Todd Kinney. I'm a director in BDO's national private equity practice. I'm based here in New York City. And I welcome you to this month's edition of BDO's Private Equity Perspectives podcast. Uh, With me today is uh, Joe Pacello, who's a uh, tax partner in uh, BDO's practice. Joe, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, Todd. Good to be here with you today. Yep, good to have you. Um, let's, uh, Let's jump right into it. BDO's recently published Private Equity Perspective Survey revealed that 57% of fund managers who responded to the survey said that tax reform is the policy issue really having the greatest impact on their strategy. So Joe, I guess the question for you is, which tax reform provisions do you think will have the most impact on private equity? So I wanna start by highlighting the provisions that are making the most headlines in the private equity world. So we're talking about the corporate tax rate cut. Uh, That was definitely a positive rate going from 35% to 21%. Um, On the other hand, you have the limitation of interest expense deductions, uh, which is uh, definitely going to be a negative uh, for the PE industry. And then you have the change to carried interest treatment, uh, which is slightly negative for private equity and venture capital funds, Um, but it's not the end of the world. I mean, it it imposes uh, higher taxes on gains with respect to investments that are held uh, for less than three years, and as we know, Private equity funds, venture capital, tend to have a longer time horizon than three years. So we don't expect that to have a significant impact. Um, so I think it's fair to say the private equity industry dodged a bullet, so to speak, especially when you compare the final law with respect to carried interest versus prior proposals over the past 10 years. And uh, private equity certainly fared better than hedge funds in, in that regard. Right, right. Well, I. Uh well, I guess I, I, I hate to start with the negative, but maybe why don't we do that since you did highlight it uh, on the topic of, uh, you know, the limitation of interest rate deductibility. Um, you know, many in the industry, as, as you know, are saying that this will force PE firms to really lower the amount of leverage that they're able to use on deals, um, which certainly will uh, affect their ROI, which is, uh, you know, the, the real driver. Um, do you tend to agree with this? Oh, sure, yeah. Private equity funds tend to use leverage to boost their returns. Um, So this change will definitely impact the after-tax returns uh, for sure. Um, You know, deals have been structured historically to address um, some of the old limitation rules, so-called interest-stripping rules that addressed related party debt. But these new rules are much broader in scope than the interest-stripping rules. And now you have limits based on an EBITDA calc, and then in a few years, it goes to EBIT, which is even worse for, uh, for the industry and will have a, a tremendous impact on portfolio companies that are highly leveraged and capital intensive. Okay. Um, well, maybe let, let's, let's highlight one of the, uh, the more positive topics, the, the corporate tax rate uh, cut. Many corporations publicly have obviously celebrated this. We've seen uh, raises and bonuses uh, announced uh, in the news, but on the PE side uh, specifically, um, do you think that this cut will offset um, the increased expense that's going to come from the uh, you know previously discussed limitation uh, on the interest rate deductibility? 
Well, in general, the interest expense limitations that have been created were intended as a way to pay for or at least contain the cost of the corporate tax rate cut, which is a big ticket item mm -hmm. uh, from a budget standpoint. Um, as it relates to PE, it, it really depends on how highly leveraged the fund is or the portfolio companies underlying the fund. Uh, but in theory, uh, at least I would expect a lower corporate tax rate uh, to enhance the ability of the underlying portfolio companies to pay dividends and otherwise enhance shareholder value. Interesting, interesting. Um, thinking about uh, just kind of broadly, are there other tax reform provisions um, that you think could help offset the impact of this uh, limiting deductibility? Yes. For example, there's more ability now to fully write off CapEx uh, through accelerated depreciation deductions for uh, property acquisitions. Um, this will be especially helpful for companies that are capital intensive. Um, there's also an important provision for portfolio companies that are holding a lot of cash overseas through foreign subsidiaries, for example. Uh, the new tax law allows for the repatriation of that cash and that capital at a much lower tax rate than would otherwise apply. Um, and that could definitely provide some relief. In the short term, there's going to be a bit of a tax bite as they pay the tax on that repatriated cash. Um, but once again, I would expect it would free up capital and free up cash for dividends and other uh, business opportunities. Gotcha, gotcha. It's, it's tough to think of uh, private equity and uh, the, the topic of carried interest doesn't come up, I feel. Like for, for decades, people have been talking about carried interest and you know potential tax uh, impacts. Um, I think as you said in your opening remarks, you know, overall private equity is pretty much coming out unscathed and certainly on, on this uh, topic of carried interest. What are, you, what are you thinking? Yeah, so under the new law, gains from investments that are held for less than three years will be taxed at the ordinary rates, which are higher, generally 37%, as opposed to the long-term capital gains rate. Uh, but as we mentioned earlier, private equity firms tend to have a longer time horizon and hold on to investments for more than three years. Uh, the average holding period for private equity investments is probably anywhere from four to six years. So there's no real major concerns here. Uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. Like you said, over the past 10 years, there have been a number of provisions that would have been a lot more onerous for private equity funds. Uh, one other thing to point out uh, on the positive is that there's no impact based on a plain reading of the new law on qualified dividends, which are generally eligible for uh, long-term capital gains rate. Uh, also, the new carried interest law does not accelerate income. So if you have unrealized gains, it doesn't affect the timing of that. It's just on this actual exit and sale of the position. Right. Uh, that's a lot to, uh, a lot to uh, you know, take, in, take into account and comprehend, but I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll all get there over time. Um, I guess, not, not really looking into your crystal ball, Joe, but what, what advice would you have to PE firms as they really uh, try and adapt to the new tax regime? What are you thinking? Well, it's, it's critical to review structures and deals with uh, tax professionals. It's important to review things like choice of entity for portfolio companies, for funds, uh, for the management companies as well, in light of all these changes that we just highlighted, as well as some new provisions related to um, deductions for pass-through entities. 
Uh, so that will have a big impact on the choice of entity, corporation versus pass-through entity. Also, another item that's sort of looming large is potential state tax implications. We're not sure how the states are going to react to all this, and there's, there's a lot of uh, implications there. Uh, so I, I would say, you know, you need to model out transactions and different scenarios. And the good news is that, you know, for our clients, uh, BDO has developed a tool in conjunction with our national office to assist clients in that exercise. Now, maybe you could, that's that's very interesting, maybe you could go into that, that tool a little bit and how BDO we're trying to kind of differentiate ourselves there. Yeah, so the tool takes into account all the changes and helps clients go through sort of a decision tree on how an entity should be formed. Um, so the question is, should it be a pass-through entity? Should it be a partnership? Should it be uh, a C corporation? Should it be an S corporation? And there are a number of variables depending on the business, the nature of the business, uh, depending on the intention of management. Do they intend to distribute earnings currently or are they in a position to reinvest in the business? Um, in that case, a corporate structure could be more compelling. Um, but there are also other considerations, even if you intend to retain the earnings and not distribute it currently in a C corporation form. In addition to all these new rules that we just highlighted, there are some dusty old rules that really haven't come up. For example, uh, the accumulated earnings tax, the personal holding company tax. The IRS will probably dust those off and attempt to impose those uh, in situations where they, they feel that um, uh, the retained earnings is some sort of abuse to try to get around the double tax. So it's just one more consideration um, amongst many at the federal and state level. Yeah. So it, I guess kind of looking out, is there at, at some point it seems like there's still a lot unknown, uncertain, and to, to be determined? Uh, what should we be all thinking about with respect to kind of timing and when things will certainly start to firm up a little bit more. Do you have a sense for that? Yeah, well, the, the industry is still just getting their arms around the, the law as it's written. But we do expect, given, given the timeline of how quickly um, and how momentous this law is, that there's going to be, need to be some sort of technical corrections um, or, at a minimum, a lot of IRS regulations to kind of fill in the blanks and address some of the unanswered questions. The one thing to keep in mind on the technical corrections is the reason that this was able to get enacted so quickly is because they used a budget reconciliation process which allowed uh, the Senate to, to pass it with only 51 votes. Now the technical corrections from what I understand uh, as far as the legislative process will need a supermajority, which means 60. And that's going to be very difficult uh, to accomplish because I, I don't think the, the Democrats are going to be very cooperative in that regard. Yeah. It uh, doesn't seem like people are playing nice-nice in the sandbox uh, these days, but uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get our act together. Well, listen, that's a, that's a lot of great information. Certainly won't be the, uh, the last time you and I or others are, are talking about tax reform and, and the impacts to our clients and contacts. But can't thank you enough, Joe, for, uh, for joining us today. Thanks. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, just in closing, I would, uh, I'd like to invite our listeners to read BDO's ninth annual private equity perspective survey to get a glimpse of really PE funds managers uh, overall outlook for the asset class. You can find that survey on BDO.com. Thanks and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the private equity perspectives podcast. 
For more information on how BDO supports private equity sponsors, funds, and their portfolio companies with a full spectrum of accounting, tax, and advisory services, please visit us at BDO.com. If you enjoyed the show, we hope you visit iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Join us next time for another edition of Private Equity Perspectives.